Hi, welcome to the Whole Therapist Podcast. We're leaving out the theorizing and exploring the strange phenomenon of being a human and a therapist. I'm Kelly, licensed marriage and family therapist, working part-time at my private practice and part-time at a community mental health agency in the Denver metro area. And I'm Abby. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and an owner of a group practice in the Denver metro area. Kelly and I are both registered play therapists, supervisors, and EMDR certified. So we're both therapists, but this is not therapy. And we're both supervisors, but this is not supervision. This podcast is purely for fun. And please refer to your state guidelines and licensing boards for any ethical concerns. And please remember to subscribe and follow our podcast and on Instagram. So come join our conversation while we explore the embodied experience of neuroscience and authenticity in the therapy room. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Whole Therapist Podcast. I'm Kelly. And I'm Abby. Today, we're going to be talking about protecting your energy. This is a big one. I think that um, maybe we should talk about what that means, protecting our energy. Yeah. When you hear that, do you have an idea of what that means when you hear that phrase? I think about emotional energy a lot, but I think that physical energy, mm. We a lot of what we talk about here is how our we can't separate the mind and body. So our emotional and physical selves and spiritual selves are all intertwined. And so do I have what I need to show up for myself and show up for my family and show up for anyone else in my life after work is a good question. I'll ask myself, did I protect my energy today? Yes. I was just saying a Facebook post on one of the therapist Facebook pages, Mm -hmm. actually, Last night, when I woke up at four in the morning and couldn't go back to sleep, (laughs) they were talking about how she used to work like late nights into the evenings. I think she primarily works with kids. Mm -hmm. And she said, I I just stopped and I'm I'm done at five because when I go home, I want to be able to be present and show up for my family. And there is some pushback that this person said that she gets from uh, folks for working late, but... When I think about protecting your energy, I, mm. I think about that piece too of um, how do I hold space for my client like I'm telling my client I am, but not holding it when I'm leaving the office. Mm. And it's that dual awareness that we've brought up. That's a, I don't know, did EMDR come up with that word or is that just maybe where I heard it for the first time eight years ago? Dual awareness, meaning I have one toe or one foot in what the client's experiencing, but I also have a solid foot in my own like regulation or my own being okay. But I feel like that's a, a phrase that comes up in many modalities. Could be EMDR, could be um, somatic experiencing uses that term. And that's a hard one. I think in this field, there's a lot of liability too. And it's easy for my energy to go out the door when I have a really high risk client in front of me, especially if I didn't anticipate that. So maybe I'm being doorknobbed, like Mm -hmm. it's the end of session and they're like, by the way. Yes. And then I'm thinking in my head, shoot, not only is this awful and it's reportable. Now Mm -hmm. I need to go through all the checkboxes of hotlining, you know, to CPS or maybe they're, they're not feeling safe to themselves or to someone else. And so it's really hard in those moments to stay connected to the client, stay connected to yourself and do your due diligence to keep everyone safe. Yeah. I'm just shaking my head as you're talking. Working part-time at the community mental health agency, it's back-to-back clients Mm -hmm. and you have a client for the therapy hour of 53 minutes 
And if there's a report that's needed, you're not making a report and getting all that documentation done in seven minutes before the next client. Right. No. But some of the protocol around it is that you still have to report it within like three hours at this agency and then also do kind of an internal report. And so how do you decide, am I going to cancel my next client or do I not cancel them? And then I'm still holding this energy knowing that I have this other thing to do. Yeah. And that's where a good supervisor is so crucial and is not always available within that one to two to three hour timeframe. I mean, a lot of agencies... It's like, see you next week during maybe group supervision. Um, And hopefully, hopefully you have someone you could reach out to in that moment, but it's a lot to carry. And I think that we, I talk through that a lot with supervisees getting scared, um, like afraid for the client. So that's a miscue that we talk about a lot with the circle of security model of parents and kids, how um, we can, parents can give the impression that they're afraid for their child. um, And it, Um, like inhibits the child's ability to go out and explore. So they're not being that secure base. And I think about that as therapists, like if we're supposed to be both to use kind of attachment and circle of security language, if we're being both a secure base and a safe haven for clients, um, being afraid for them isn't as human, but it's not necessarily helpful. Like we are no longer being held by our own supports and our own regulation. If we're giving the impression that we're scared for them, um, And so good supervision or colleagueship and training, obviously, when it comes to suicidality, homicidality, all things mandated reporting is really important. The the documentation kind of has to be a part of that. Protecting your energy, that's a big piece of it around these subjects is now that this has been reported to me and now I have to report it. And now that's done. And now I still have all this documentation mm-hmm. I have to do. Um, and and likely maybe at the, the end of your day. And so how do you put that away at the end of the day when you walk out the door to be able mm-hmm. to go home? Yeah, that's hard. I think sometimes notes can feel like a natural container. Mm-hmm. So especially if I am doing like a CPS report type thing and I've I make sure I do all the documentation the exact way. And maybe I even consulted um, with someone, PHI, you know, personal health information not included, but I can document that I consulted with someone um, that feels like I'm putting it away. Um, Similarly to like a really, I mean, right now we're talking about suicide at like these um, documentation things, which is one piece of just dishing out our energy. Like I think about that Oprah meme. That's like, you get a, like you get this. Like, I think I feel that way in this field. Like you get a piece of me and you get a piece of me and there's nothing left for me. And my kids suffer. Like if I'm playing all day as a play therapist, that's not fair. If I'm not taking care of myself to go home and have nothing left for me and nothing left to play with them. So like with a really intense play therapy session, maybe there's no documentation, um, hotlineable, stuff going on, but maybe it was a kiddo that is so chaotic, so chaotic. And my room is trashed Mm -hmm. and I will feel that, that 45 minutes and Mm -hmm. they need to do that when they're there. That's part of the process is giving them a space to get big Mm -hmm. and show me how chaotic Mm -hmm. they're feeling. And part of it, and I might be working with that kid to do containment throughout or at the end, Mm -hmm. but my own containment many times is cleaning up the play space. So as I'm putting toys away and at this point, as I'm sanitizing, Mm -hmm. like it's such an annoying thing. If I'm, if I'm seeing the couple kids I'm seeing in person for various reasons, um, 
there's so much cleaning and sanitizing, but I have tried to make that like a mindfulness and have some gratitude for that client and, and wipe things down and kind of hold with reverence, like what they brought up today. And then also connecting to my body, like, and I got to show up for them today. And Mm -hmm. that was really hard or Mm -hmm. that was really exhausting. Mm -hmm. I know you like scents a lot. I love aromatherapy. I will spray. I have really good smelling hand sanitizer. So Mm -hmm. it's like a double right now. It Mm -hmm. cleans everything and it smells good. (laughs) I'm just smiling as you're talking. I'm thinking about being at the community mental health agency and for whatever reason, and we've kind of touched on this in the prior podcast episodes about clients bringing parts of us in. My first couple of years at the agency, I had a lot of hyper aroused kids. Mm -hmm. So kiddos who really did destroy my playroom, who were really loud, lots of excessive motor movement. And at the end of the session, everybody heard the session for small quarters (laughs) and the kiddo leaves. And then I have all these wonderful colleagues who come to my door and say, do you need help cleaning? Mm -hmm. And each time I would always say no, because that that was the same thing for me. I really just wanted to close my door, have the silence and be able to pick up the pieces and organize them back to where they go in my room. It's also the way that I follow play therapy. Um, So explaining to a lot of parents why I don't have their kids clean up after session. And then just to add that onto this episode, mm-hmm. often if we imagine adults when they're processing in our room, if all of the words that they process landed on the floor and then we ask them to pick up those words before they left, it may limit their desire to want to process the next time because it took too long to have to pick all those words up. Exactly. And so it's the same thing with toys. And then I remember also being in the hallway and having a really hard kiddo who didn't want to leave. And I also had another wonderful colleague who just walked by, handed me a glass of water and kept walking. Oh, how kind. Because we have talked about when we're in those moments with our kiddos, we, our mouth goes dry. And so we want some water to be able to stay regulated, to protect our energy, to hold that energy for the kiddo. It makes me think about a time just as a parent, I was at Target, which is like the most cliche place to be as a mom, but that's totally me. Oh, oh that's me too. <laughs> Love Target. And, oh, and who was it? I think it was my littlest guy. So I had, no, it was my middle. My daughter at the time was probably 18 months old. And then my son was um, three and a half and my daughter was throwing the biggest meltdown just completely screaming. And so I just sat on the floor and held her because there's nothing you can do to stop a tantrum, but write it out. And um, it's a little embarrassing, even as a play therapist and someone that works with parents, it's like everyone is staring and there's nothing I can do but hold her. And then my son is kind of upset too. And this woman walked by and she put her hand on my shoulder and she was like, you're doing great mama. And just smiled at me. And even as I remember her, my whole body, I literally feel held like Mm. just having this mom walk by and say, you're doing great mama. It was so kind. It makes me think of that glass of water. Yeah. Um, And I don't know. I think I, I'm sure it has helped me hold clients in those moments too. Just having that embodied experience. She literally touched me and it was just the sweetest, the sweetest thing. So I think if we can do that for one another, whether we're colleagues or out in the world, I have like tears in my eyes as you're talking. It was this, it was such a hard moment. I have had my fair share of leaving the store with a grocery cart full or, and all those things that come with babies and toddlers. And, uh, and I'll just never forget that. And so I think 
well, I think we need to pass that on um, in our field. So mm-hmm. certainly that colleague, it's really kind to give you some water. Yes. Even with adults, I do a lot of EMDR. And so taking the tappers, some, sometimes I just got these, I can link them in the show notes, these um, BiTap wireless tappers that are Bluetooth oh. that I love for kids because yes. they can stick it in there on their wrists. They like connect on your wrists or on their ankles. Oh, that's going to be perfect. I can't <laughs> wait to hear more about those because otherwise I have kids running around with cords. The wires. Getting... Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but when I use the wire ones, um, just winding them back up. So like wiping them down and winding them up and, um, literally feeling like I'm putting away all the things that that client brought into the room, um, is a really helpful ritual. I think it's all about the, the quick, but mindful things we can do for ourselves. Yeah. I recently have been, whether it's at the beginning of sessions, particularly with adults or at the end, um, I have us do some breaths in through our nose and exhale through our mouths and talking about a longer exhale out the mouth. Mm-hmm. And then I ask them to think of three words. And then uh, depending on what the client's working on, I will give examples of words. So I might say um, humility, strength, courage, perseverance, independence, you know, whatever they're working on. And I ask them to pick two words for themselves that will help them stay anchored past our session or in between our sessions. Or I ask them to pick two words that will help them stay anchored while in session, depending Mm -hmm. if I do at the beginning or end. And then I ask them to pick a third word to give to somebody else who needs it. And so I'll have them breathe in through their nose, those two words. And then as they exhale, exhaling out this word to somebody else. And as they're doing it, I'm also doing that in session and and having the words that I need and generally thinking of a word that I think I can give them. Mm. And I think that that's helped protect my energy when things are happening either in the session or if I carry them home with me, then I have those words to come back to and I anchor in on the two words and I hand them the word that I wanted to give them. That's beautiful. And what a good way to describe the reciprocal relationship. Not that the client is saying they're giving you that word, Mm -hmm. but just how our energy does go in and it goes out. Yes. And so I have this really beautiful visual as you're talking about like breathing in what you want to hold on to and breathing out what we can give to the client. Yes. There's a really good meditation that we can link in the show notes. It's called peaceful tree. Um, and it's similar to that, but, but using like a, a visual tree. So like some clients love words, other ones love trees, Um, or like nature analogies. I know one thing that Marshall Lyles taught me was to have someone pick a miniature at the beginning. So I do this with adults that need some help getting into their right hemisphere or like their kind of feeling brain. Mm -hmm. Um, They'll pick a companion at the beginning of session to hold with them. And many will pick the same one every time. Yes. Um, And it is a really interesting thing as it unfolds as we do stand but I'm smiling. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, just holding on, like keeping, even if they don't have a word for it or they can't access, like making sense of it enough in their left brain, but they can hold on to this like image or metaphor and they'll literally hold it in their hands, like this precious thing, or some people will put it far away from them on the couch and Mm. it gets closer as session goes on. It's really interesting. Yeah. What good information. Yeah. (laughs) When you started talking about Marshall Lyles giving you that 
you know, we didn't know each other and didn't know that we were in that same training, but that training that we both attended in the library. Yes. That is my favorite way Uh, to help folks contain and protect my energy and their energy. Mm -hmm. And it's this library metaphor. I know you know, but for the listener here. I love this. Is just walking somebody through. I always start with you. You may have your eyes open or closed, whatever feels safest. If you have them open, have them at a downward gaze. And just imagine that you're walking up to a library And then I share that this isn't just any library, this is your library. And then there's a variety of ways you can do it, but you just have folks go in and have them start to imagine what this library would look like and that all the books on the shelves are chapters to their life, their healing, their journey, their stories. And so we talk about, you know, we may have opened three chapters today and they're lying open on the table. And now you get to close each one of those books and put it on the shelf and know that anytime you get to access it whenever you need to. And also know that anytime if you need a place to put that chapter, you have a shelf and it's always sitting there. And there's obviously a variety of ways to, to walk folks through it. But another great way when I'm going home sometimes from work is I'm talking to myself in the car about, okay, this was a chapter in my week this week. Mm -hmm. And how do I close this and put it on the shelf in my library? This will resonate with any readers out there. I think that's why (laughs) Kelly and I love that. So the training was in this beautiful library and we love to read. And so it has really landed with us and with clients. I find when I offer like different ways of containment, the ones that love to read and write, just really embody the library containment. Yeah. And yeah. so folks who are in the uh, Colorado area, I was in Parker, Colorado. Mm-hmm. This library was just That is beautiful. so funny. We didn't know each other, but we were in that training. <laughs> <laughs> it was only we found out just recently, I think. I know. Yes. It, our story continues to unfold. It's pretty funny <laughs> as we do this podcast. I guess the only other thing I wanted to kind of leave listeners with is um, a final like exercise that I think many different modalities have picked up as well. I'm sure you've heard of this, but Winnicott had that phrase, um, loving holding. Mm. And so, and he's talking about attachment with like mothers and babies. Um, but the training, and I will look it up. I cannot remember. I think it was like a pussy training with Bessel van der Kolk and he was citing this, but we will look and put it in the show notes for sure. But um, one way to give adults or teens or even kids that didn't have that loving holding, but I'm thinking about us as therapists, when we need some holding is to cross the midline by putting your hand on your heart um, and saying like three affirmations. Um, So I'll walk kids through this and adults through this, but in the car ride home, I do this, which is making me think of it. Um, I'll say things like, may I be brave? May Mm. I be loved? Um, may I be cared for or like whatever kind of words like you're saying that we want to hold on to, um, but teaching the client to anchor into those things. But as therapists, like what can we, how can we literally hold ourselves? I think that that is such a protective, like as I'm doing it right now, it feels very protective and not guarded. Like I'm, my, my arm isn't stretched out, keeping someone away from me. It's holding my heart and recognizing like my energy, it belongs to me. Mm-hmm. And I think this is tricky in neuroscience because our nervous systems intermingle yes. and our energies do mix. Um, but sometimes we pick up on things that aren't ours. Yes. Like we're feeling feelings that actually don't belong to us. And so we want to kind of reclaim what is ours yes. and, and release what isn't, especially after session. I had a supervisor that said, you don't get paid to worry about these clients. And yeah. it's true. Nope. Um, I was just 
again, like that Oprah meme, I'm just dishing out my, <laughs> my energy. <laughs> I uh, imagine sometimes about just a whole stack of laundry and me keeping like, here are my clothes and here are your clothes. Here's mm-hmm. your socks. Here's my socks. Yes. That's beautiful. I have lots of laundry to do too. So <laughs> resonates as a mama. So between now and next time we meet, we would just encourage you so much to notice the different sensations in your body and what comes up for you when you are protecting your energy um, versus the times that we might just be like a little boundaryless with it and giving too much and usually exhausted in the process. Thanks for joining. Or we're cheersing you coffee again. <laughs> I don't have to say anything. Yeah, I, don't, for I everyone. don't.